This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. From uh, about 15 years on up, uh, a great deal of my thoughts were uh, basically unshareable. We are all evil in some form or another. Yes, I am not 100%, but I am evil. My mother was a, a sick, angry, hungry, and very sad woman. I hated her, but I wanted to love my mother. This is Serial Killing, a podcast. Hey guys, Editor Alyssa here, and I'm just interrupting to tell you that about halfway through the podcast, the audio got screwed up again, and I just did not have time to scrap it and start over, so I do apologize, and as always, thank you for listening. Hey Murder Fam, and welcome back to Serial Killing, a podcast. My name is Alyssa Carroll, and this is Serial Saturday, where... Every Saturday, we go through the life stories of serial killers to see if we might catch a glimpse of why they displayed their famous, vile, and disturbing behaviors. For those of you watching, I just woke up, you get no makeup, quite a mess me, let's go on. This podcast will be about Fred and Rosemary West. Since this is going to be quite the story, we're going to go ahead and skip the history during the time of their births. And I do have to do my disclaimer, disclaimer, because there's just no way around the graphic nature of this story. It's just disturbing, okay? Okay. Frederick Walter Stephen West was born on September 29th, 1941 in Much Markle, Hedfordshire, England, to Walter and Disney West. Walter was a farmer and he came from a family of farmers. They, of course, lived on a farm and they were quite poor. But the community described the parents as decent and hardworking. Fred was one of six children, the second to be exact, and each followed their parents around helping when it was needed. Now, Fred was described as a very cute little boy with a head full of curly black hair, and he was indeed his mother's favorite child. Daisy was very protective of her son. Most stated he was a cheerful child. He was, quote, cheeky and naive at first, but seemed quite normal. Fred, along with his five siblings and his parents, all lived in a two-bedroom cottage. Fred later stated that his father had had sexual relationships with three of his sisters, and Walter apparently also encouraged Fred to perform bestiality. But outwardly, and by all accounts, they were a normal family. 
Now, Fred was not a gifted student by any means, though he was good at woodshop and art, and it was reported that he had to be punished at school for bad behavior somewhat regularly. His classmates stated he was slow-witted and confrontational. All of the hard work he, his siblings, and his parents did to make ends meet frustrated Fred to the point that he became kind of a small-time thief. Now, at 15 years old, Fred, who was nearly illiterate, finally quit school and worked on the farm full-time, and a year later, the girls began to notice his rather handsome looks, and they began flirting with him. He loved the attention, of course, but at times he was aggressive with women, and he began fondling and groping them in the pubs. At the age of 17, Fred was in a near-fatal motorcycle accident. He suffered a serious head injury that required a metal plate, and he also broke his leg so severely that it was forever shorter than the other one. Fred was actually in a coma for a week. After this accident, his normally cool temper became intensified. He suffered another head injury when, at 19 years old, he shoved his hand up a girl's skirt and she promptly shoved him down a flight of stairs. So Fred West was in his late teens when his 13-year-old sister approached their mother and said that Fred had been raping her and that she was pregnant. He was immediately arrested, but his sister didn't want to testify against him, so they had to let him go. His family all but disowned him, and he was kicked out into the streets. I couldn't find out whether or not his sister actually carried the baby to full term. I don't know. And that was Fred's childhood. My God, where to begin? Clearly, his father was an incestual pedophile. To, quote, out him would mean that the family would have been faced with stigmatization from their local community. I have to wonder if Daisy was aware of the abuse, and it seems a bit unreasonable that she wouldn't have been. They lived in a small, two-bedroom cottage with two parents and six children. One would think in a space that small, they were all but stumbling over each other perpetually. So the science behind it, statistically, 90% of child sex abuse survivors are abused by someone they know. Only 10% report the offender was actually a stranger. And the younger the victim, the more likely they are abused by a family member. Now we've talked about this before, but it is important to note that sexual offending can and does run in families. According to the U.S. National Library of Medicine, National Institutes of Health, they found a strong familial connection of sexual crime among full brothers of convicted sex offenders. Familial aggregation was lower in father-son dyads, but statistically quite relevant. The study suggested that genetic factors, 40%, and non-shared environmental factors, 58%, explained the liability to offend sexually more than shared environmental influences. And to me, that is astounding. If you want to read the study, I'll put the link in the podcast notes or description box below. 
And then we throw in the fact that Walter actually encouraged this behavior, even introducing Fred to bestiality, which for those that might not know, that is sex acts with animals. It also seems pretty clear that school and getting a proper education was not terribly important to Fred or his parents. In school, he was disruptive and confrontational and admitted to acting out due to the negative circumstances that he was being raised in. Then after he quit school and began hanging out in the bars, he was known to sexually assault women by putting his hands on them in a sexually aggressive way and uninvited. This is just another red flag on the laundry list of red flags. And then he suffered not one, but two very serious head injuries. As we've talked about in numerous other podcasts, brain trauma can seriously alter a person's personality and cognition. So growing up with an incestuous pedophile father, a mother who most likely knew and did nothing to stop it, his father teaching him sexually deviant behaviors, two head injuries, and then impregnating one of his sisters through rape, I'd say we have a very disturbed individual. So let's get right on into Rosemary's childhood. Rosemary Pauline Letts was born on November 29, 1953 in Northam, Devon, England to Bill and Daisy Letts. It is said that her mother's pregnancy had been a difficult one and Rosemary was the fifth of seven children born into poverty. Both Bill and Daisy suffered from mental illness. Daisy had severe depression and during her pregnancy with Rosemary, she was given electroshock therapy. Now, Bill himself was diagnosed as a paranoid schizophrenic, which made him suffer with obsessive compulsive disorder and cleanliness was his primary objective. The house had to be spotless at all times and the children were to be bathed and hair inspected for bugs more than once a day. He insisted the floors and rugs be regularly bleached. Her mother was also not allowed to speak to other people when her father slipped into one of these episodes, and if she did, he beat her mercilessly. Now, as a toddler, Rosemary was observed banging her head on her bed at night, much to the irritation of her siblings. During the day, she would swing her head forward repeatedly, like rush her head forward, or sit with vacant eyes looking very dissociated for long periods of time. It has been said that this could be a result of the electroshock therapy her mother received while Rose was in the womb, but I can't verify that. So when Rose was in her very early teens, her father tried to rape her older sister. He harassed her sister so often that once she turned 15, she got the hell out. So her father turned his affections over to Rosemary. She stated that she thought her father's sexual advances were normal and even walked around naked in front of him because she enjoyed the attention. Rose even engaged in sexual acts with her own brothers. All of this by the tender age of 13 years old. And then, at some point, her mother had apparently had enough and she divorced Bill not long after. 
Rose, like Fred, performed poorly in school and eventually left her mother to move in with her father when she was 16 years old and continued an occasional sexual relationship with her father and one of her brothers. And this was Rosemary's childhood. It is nearly as repugnant as Fred's, but let's get into it. Studies have shown that while this isn't across the board, obviously, severe depression in mothers is significantly associated with less positive parenting, as in warmth. Depression in parents has been consistently found to be associated with children's early signs of more, quote, difficult temperament, more insecure attachment, more negative affect, more dysregulated aggression and heightened emotionality, more dysphoric and less happy affect, particularly in girls. Lower cognitive, intellectual, academic performance, cognitive vulnerabilities to depression, poorer interpersonal functioning, and abnormalities in psychobiological systems, including poorer functioning stress response systems and cortical activity. Depression in parents has been consistently associated with a number of behavior problems and psychopathology in children, including higher rates of depression, earlier age of onset, longer duration, greater functional impairment, higher likelihood of recurrence, higher rates of anxiety, and higher rates of levels of severity in internalizing and externalizing symptoms and disorders in children and adolescents. Again, I'll put the link to that study in the notes. Now, speaking about her father, there have been several studies that have shown that offsprings of parents with psychiatric disorders are at an increased risk of developing psychiatric disorders themselves. Most of the studies on children of parents with schizophrenia have focused on the risk and vulnerability of psychopathology. The impact of parental illness affects the offsprings in several areas of life. They tend to have social deficits characterized by emotional instability, aggressiveness, and social isolation, and struggle with issues related to poor self-esteem and social adjustment. And then we throw in the incestual sexual abuse, witnessing domestic abuse, and again, folks, we have a recipe for disaster. And also, I want to say that just because a parent is schizophrenic does not necessarily mean that the child is going to suffer with these things. It's just a higher probability. So now we have to stop here and switch back to Fred. I hope this is not going to be too confusing. At 21 years old, Fred met Catherine Costello, originally from Scotland, and a former sex worker who was also already pregnant with another man's baby. Now, the two did have a brief history back when Fred was a teenager, but she had returned to Scotland. And though she was pregnant, Fred married her regardless, and they moved to Scotland. When the baby was born, they named her Anne Marie. They went on to have a daughter together as well, and it is said that Fred was a, shall we say, terrible lover, but he bullied Catherine into having sex with her multiple times a day. 
for work for a drove and ice cream truck. But when he accidentally ran over a four-year-old little boy, which was truly an accident, he took his family, their babysitter, and apparently one of Catherine's friends and moved back to England. Now, Fred is known to have also fathered another child outside of this marriage, but he had several affairs besides that. His wife had affairs as well, and Fred beat her for it. Finally, the police were called, but Fred somehow managed to retain custody of their daughters. Much to his wife's horror and their live-in nanny, whose name was Anne McFall, and she stayed with Fred as his wife moved back to Scotland completely heartbroken for her children. So in July of 1967, the now 26-year-old Fred, who had been sleeping with the nanny, murdered her. She had been six to seven months pregnant with Fred's baby. He dismembered her and removed her fingertips to keep as trophies. She had been bound and stabbed to death. The baby had been cut out of her womb and those remains were never found. This is thought to be his very first murder. So when Fred couldn't be home to take care of his young daughters, sometimes he would just hand them over to social services. Then in 1969, 28-year-old Fred West met 15-year-old Rosemary Lutz at a bus stop and instantly wanted her for himself. He flirted with her and made wholly inappropriate sexual comments. At first, Rose wasn't interested. She thought he was a vagrant of all things. But Fred fell in love with her at first sight, not deterred by her ignoring him, and he began to wait for her at this particular bus stop. But true to form, she loved the attention, and Fred learned pretty quickly just how sexual she was, and he began to appeal to her sympathies. He gave her the pity party act and told her that his wife had abandoned him and their two daughters all alone and he wanted more children. He just wanted a family. Rose finally gave in and agreed to date Fred and even took an active interest in his daughters, caring for them and mothering them. And at first she loved his girls and finally decided to introduce Fred to her parents. Now, even in their own state, they were able to deduce that he was a pathological liar and even as sick as her father was, he still threatened Fred to stay away from Rose. Of course, no doubt he didn't want the competition. Her parents separately forbid her from seeing Fred anymore and predictably Rose defied them. So they went to social services stating that their minor daughter was dating a much older man and that she was performing sex work out of his caravan. The authorities took her and put her in a girls reformatory school where she was allowed to visit her parents on occasion. And also predictably, she used the permitted outings to see Fred instead. Finally, Rose left the reform school, packed her things at her father's house, and moved in with Fred West. She took care of his two daughters while he worked, and at just 16 years old, Rose was pregnant. In 1970, she gave birth to daughter Heather Ann, and they settled in Gloucester. And then, of course, Fred was soon arrested for theft, and while he was gone, Rose beat Fred's first two daughters terribly. 
Before his six-month sentence was up, Rose actually murdered Charmaine. How Rose killed her, I couldn't find, but she did store the naked and decomposing body in the coal cellar until Fred was released. He then buried her in the yard. So when people began to notice the child's absence, Rose told them that she had gone back to live with her biological mother. Not long after, Fred's ex-wife and mother of his first two girls came to see her children. She was not seen alive again. Her remains were later found dismembered and in trash bags buried together in letterbox field. There was strong evidence that she had been strangled and violently sexually assaulted. At this point, Fred enjoyed having Rose sleep with other men while he watched through a peephole that he made in the wall. He took nude photos of Rose and advertised her as a sex worker in adult magazines. In January of 1972, Fred and Rose finally got married. Of course, there was no church and no one was invited. Not long after, with Rose pregnant with their second child together, three living children in total, and one murdered daughter of Fred's. They moved to the infamous 25 Cromwell Street house. They had a baby girl they named May June later that year. The three-story house they had purchased had extra bedrooms, so Rose used the upper bedrooms to service her paying clients, if you will. Sometimes Fred and Rose would rent the rooms and would then seduce the lodgers to sleep with Rose. She would then state that no man or woman could completely satisfy her. Rose was especially rough with the women who, if they complained or cried out in pain, made Rose enjoy it even more. And then Fred and Rose invested in restraints, devices for causing pain in their sexual partners, and a video recorder. Their sadism escalated and they began filming explicit child pornography with their own daughters. Rose also serviced her own father, who came as a client pretty frequently. Outside of the bedroom door Rose used for her sex work, there was a red light, and when it was on, that meant she had a client, and she was not to be disturbed. Although Fred worked outside of the home, Rose made good money as well, and they used it to keep up the old house. And Rose was actually pregnant most of the time throughout the years. Some of the children were Fred's, one is suspected of being her father's, and the rest were fathered by the random men coming in and out of the house. She and Fred's ever-escalating need for more domination and violence over their sexual partners began to come to a head, and then they met a young woman named Linda. Linda was a 19-year-old girl who visited the couple, sometimes sleeping with men that rented rooms in the house and also helping out with the ever-increasing number of children that Rose was having. In April of 1973, Linda officially moved into the house. And after the couple had their way with her, they bound her, put tubes in her nose for air, then wrapped her head in tape. She was then suspended from the ceiling in the basement of the house and suffocated. They then dismembered her and the tips of her fingers were removed and kept as souvenirs. They buried her under the garage. 
Rose told the authorities that came looking for Linda, after Linda's mother sent them, of course, that she had been asked to leave the house because she had hit one of the children. There is a story that prior to this, they had kidnapped a young woman and sexually tortured her. She was able to escape when she agreed to be their nanny and fled when she and Rose left the house together. She called the police but was too scared to testify, and the Wests walked away with only a fine. In 1972, the year before Linda was murdered, Fred's daughter with his first wife, eight-year-old Anne, was taken to the basement. She was stripped, gagged, and tied down to a mattress where her father raped her. Rose told her that this was normal for fathers to do to their daughters, but that she had better not tell anyone. Anne suffered this assault many times. Once Anne was 13, her parents forced her to perform sex work and Rose stayed in the room during the entire encounter with each client. Being that Rose was her stepmother, she would often beat Anne, screaming, quote, Do you think you could ever be my friend? Unquote. Anne became pregnant during this time by her own father, but it was an ectopic pregnancy, meaning that it stopped in the fallopian tube and not in the uterus, and the pregnancy had to be terminated to save her life. Then a girl named Carol Ann Cooper, who was 15 years old, was walking home from a movie theater. Fred grabbed her. He threw her into his car where her head was wrapped in duct tape along with her hands. He drove her to the house, took her to the basement, and suspended her from the ceiling. She was tortured, beaten, and raped, then subsequently died from asphyxiation. Her dismembered body was later found buried in a small cube-shaped hole in the basement where the floor had not been concreted yet. Six more women over the years met this same fate. Evidence would later show the level of torture they endured became ever increasingly cruel. Fred buried them all within the property grounds of the house. The incestual rape with his own children also continued. Now, Anne, having just been released from the hospital from her ectopic pregnancy, Rosemary continued to kick her in the stomach. At just 15 years old, Anne ran away from home, which probably saved her life. However, Fred turned his attention to his next two daughters, Heather and Mae West. And again, guys, Rose abused her children beyond comprehension, giving birth to a total of eight children. And again, not all of them were Fred's. And she beat each of them constantly. Her son, Stephen, was kicked repeatedly in the head because he was scrubbing the floor and Rose accidentally stepped in his bowl of soapy water. Another time, Rose was unable to find something in the kitchen, so she grabbed her daughter, May, took a knife, and made a bunch of these minor little cuts all over her little chest. Each West child had to be taken to the emergency room on one occasion or another, with Fred and Rose stating that each wound was, you know, just an accident. When Anne left, Fred began to rape his daughters Heather and May, stating, quote, I made you and I can do what I like with you, unquote. 
he forced the children to watch pornographic videos with him and told Heather and May that he intended to get them pregnant. The girls did their best to avoid their father, and though May grew tired of the physical violence and therefore did her best to try to deal with it, Heather started drinking and threatening to run away. In response, Fred accused her of being a lesbian, his word, not mine, and told her that she was ugly. Their brother, Stephen, was also informed that he would be forced to have sex with his own mother by the age of 17. So predictably, Heather began to withdraw, and her school noticed that she refused to change clothes for gym class. Heather had also been complaining to her friends about the abuse she and her siblings had to endure from their parents. As the rumors about the families spread, it was one of Rose's clients, whose teen was friends with Heather, that informed Fred and Rose that people were beginning to suspect. From then on, Fred walked Heather to school every day. In 1987, Heather left school in hopes of getting a job and leaving that house. But she was unable to get the jobs that she wanted and began to display her old habits of chewing her fingernails down, bloody into the quick, sobbing, not able to even sit still. On June 19, 1987, the children went off to school and Heather was left at home. While the children were at school, Fred raped, strangled, and dismembered his daughter's body, then buried her under the patio outside in the yard. After this murder, Fred and Rosemary would often threaten the other children that, if they misbehaved, they would be buried out back, just like their sister. Now, of course, the couple had told everyone, including the police, that Heather had just simply ran away from home. The details varied, though. They said she was a sex worker somewhere, or that she was selling drugs for a drug cartel. They had an unknown person call on occasion just to pretend to be Heather to keep up appearances. In 1992, Fred asked his 14-year-old daughter to come upstairs. Shortly after, she began screaming, and her siblings ran upstairs to be by her side, where they found her laying on the floor in agonizing pain. She had been raped and nearly strangled to death by their father. Rose told the children that she must have been asking for it. Fred continued raping her and began to videotape it. So in August, after that daughter confided in a friend's mother about what was happening to her, the police were sent to investigate. Side note, Thank God. And while they didn't find the videotapes of the girl's rape, they found an astounding amount of child pornography. The police took the children out of the home and placed them in foster care. So during interviews with the West children, they confessed that they were mostly abused by their mother and their father threatened to bury them under the patio with their sister if they told anyone. The children were medically examined, and it was obvious that each had been physically and sexually abused, and this included the boys. After an investigation, Fred was charged with three counts of rape and one of sodomy. 
Rosemary was charged with child cruelty and encouraging the children to have a sexual relationship with their own father. After his arrest and from jail, Fred denied any wrongdoing. Anne didn't want her father to get away with that, of course, so she gave a full statement. This is the one child that got away, which included the abuse that she had endured. She also stated that she had been trying to find her birth mother and her half-sister. The authorities searched for that sister, but they were unable to locate her. They also knew that Fred's first wife, Catherine, was also missing, and there had never been a missing person's file opened on either of them. In February of 1994, the police obtained a search warrant for the West House and its grounds to find the remains of Heather. Rose was suddenly in a panic, and Fred decided to confess. He was arrested, and he gave them the statement that he had killed and dismembered Heather and exactly where her remains could be found. As they began excavating the yard, they found the remains of Heather as well as the other women. Fred eventually confessed to nine other murders, including his first wife and their daughter. Rose was then arrested, though Fred stated she had no knowledge of the murders, because of course. However, after Rose began acting disgusted with Fred, he changed his statement and said that she, of course, had full knowledge of the crimes. In January of 1995, Fred hung himself in his cell and died. He left a loving suicide note for his wife, though. Quote, as in life, as in death, our love will not die. Rose and I will live forever in heaven. I will wait for you, darling, so please come to me. Unquote. Rose was ultimately charged with 10 counts of murder and two counts of rape and was convicted of three. She showed no emotion in her conviction. She is still serving her life sentence in prison where she states she is happy to be. The West children have gone on with their lives. Anne wrote a book, quote, Out of the Shadows, Fred West's daughter tells her harrowing story of survival, unquote. Stephen has served nine months in prison for having sex with an underage girl. It was determined that his mental maturity was that of a teenager himself, though he was 31 years old at the time. Mae West has written a book titled, quote, Love as Always, Mum, unquote. And I'm very sorry if this podcast or video is a little bit all over the place. Again, I just woke up and this story is quite triggering. But as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.